0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land.
1: Welcome to the Houston Cougars Auburn March Madness postgame show. Robert, along with Sports Radio 610's Sean Bajani, opposite on me on the screen. And your Cougars are headed to the Sweet 16 for the fourth time in the last five non COVID seasons, 81 64, the final. And Sean, Tremont Mark got in a phone booth at halftime and came out as Superman. Where's this guy been?
0: Uh, you know, we've seen elements of like what he could do, you know, as a shooter, as a guy that can create his own shot um, and, and, and be that, that guy on, on offense when shots aren't falling for other people. We've seen flashes of that throughout the course of the season. And man, if they ever needed it, It was tonight with Shed uh, and Sasser coming in, obviously banged up. Shed getting into foul trouble. Robert's getting into foul trouble. Sasser, you know, on the bench, not in full strength in the second half. They needed somebody in the backcourt to step up. And my God, did he ever. And, you know, not even just that, but really the entire team, because the entire team could not shoot. They weren't making free throws in the first half. And what did they finish, Robert? Like a perfect 18 for 18 from the line in the second half. And shooting and defense, like their complete game came together. And Mark certainly was one of the guys leading the way.
1: I did not recognize the Cougars defense in the first half. The second half, that looked like the team that we're used to seeing. Mark, 26 points, nine rebounds, eight of nine from the free throw line, eight of nine from the free throw line. We got to mention that because we're going to come back to the refs in in a bit. But Sean, gutsy, gutsy performance by Sasser. And his groin, and I've got to mention his groin because I don't know how he made it through this one. I wasn't super happy that they played him in that first game of the tournament because I thought you rest the groin as long as if you can't beat a 16 seed without Marcus Asser, you should just go home.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I, I get the argument. I get it. And I was kind of in the same boat with you, but, you know, you see a 16 beat a one and you see all of these other upsets. I mean, look at what Princeton's doing for crying out loud. I mean, they're in the sweet 16. Are you kidding me? Don't like, remind me. <laughs> it's, yeah, you, you, you've kind of felt their wrath a little bit differently than anybody else, I guess. But um, it, it's 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 just one of those things. If you're Kelvin Sampson, he doesn't blow smoke. He doesn't take anything for granted. I mean, if his player says he could go... You know, certainly you're going to do your best to monitor that and, you know, to to watch him and load manage and everything you can possibly do that's in your control. And at the end of the day, nothing's in your control when you're talking about the human body and just the stresses that are put on it and some some of the funky things that can happen. But I, I get why Samson did it. Um, I mean, you want you want to play your best and you want to try to win every game at your optimal level. And so it's worked out, knock on wood, so far for the Houston Cougars. Um, they needed every bit of Sasser tonight. They needed every bit of Traymond Mark. And, I mean, let's not forget about Jerris Walker. I think during the broadcast, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jim Nance said that he now owns the school record for most blocked shots in tournament action when it was before held by none other than Akeem Olajuwon, the all-time leading shot blocker. Walker with six rejections tonight. And that relentless defense Um, that the Cougars had in the second half. I mean, that really started with Walker and the team rebounding aspect, but certainly the contesting of the shots.
1: Get in our comments. We want to hear from you if you're a Cougs fan. We want to know what you think about all this. I got to not continue this show without talking about you-know-what. Five personal fouls for Jawan Roberts. He fouls out. Four for Walker. Four for Shed. Four for Sasser. And let me just say this, Sean. You know, this was a pathetically called basketball game, but forget the bad calls against some of the Cougs. There's nothing I hate in sports than officials that make themselves the show.
0: Yeah, I I, I didn't I don't know if I felt that way that strongly about it. But I mean, there were some bad calls and I, I thought there were some really bad calls on both sides. But the the one I guess that was icing on the cake was when Roberts fouled out at that point in the game late. You know, you couldn't play better defense in that instance. He went straight up, you know, just you, – you can't contest a shot better than that. Both hands up. I mean, he's outside of the semicircle, and they're going to call a foul. And I know one of the, the analysts said, oh, he dropped his arm. It's like he dropped it, like, maybe by an inch or two. But, I mean, it was great defense. I, and, look, Shed, he was a little out of control – um, you know, with some of those silly ticky-tack fouls, the fourth one that got him in trouble, uh, I thought was a legitimate call. I just thought that he was trying to do too much there. But I, I think mean, you're I,
1: missing my point, though. I, I'm saying forget the bad calls against the Cougs. They made themselves the show. This wasn't just against the Cougars. This was against both. The, I thought yeah. every time up and down the court. There was a fo- uh, an official blowing a whistle. Well, yeah, what, I mean, the second like half what? was just a whistle, 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 and, and just let them play at some. The point. seven
0: and a half minute mark, you know, to about the four and a half minute mark. I mean, it was three game minutes solid of you know foul, foul, foul. I mean, you know, both teams were in the double bonus with like less than four minutes to go in this ball game. I mean, you're right, um, but I, I also thought that was a little bit you know, by design on Bruce Pearl. Once the Cougars kind of took control or started to take control of this game, I think, you know, he knew he had to kind of muck it up and out physical. I mean, that's what he'd said at the half. He's like, we have to continue to out physical the Cougars. And I thought they really tried to, they failed at it because the Cougars were phenomenal at the line and they couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't hit the broad side of a barn from anywhere on the floor. So, you know, his strategy really kind of came back and bit him in the butt.
1: I thought the first half, the Cougars were just as much to blame with the whistles because they were getting a, a little bit slow on their rotations. They were committing fouls because they were letting Auburn get to the rim left and right and left and right left and right. And then once you do that, you, you're gonna you're, you're gonna do some physical stuff inside, and, and you're gonna potentially get the foul call on on something like that. But in the second half, I mean, it, it was bad. And that Jamal shed fast break, uh, call that put him with the fourth foul. I yeah. I, I just thought that could have gone. Easily either way, um, you have to know a situation right there if you're the officials and know what's going on with Jamal Shedd. And if you're not sure about it right there, if you're not sure who to call it on, then just don't call it.
0: Yeah, and Carry. I guarantee you that's the argument that Kelvin Sampson was making, you know, with Shedd. And even when Roberts picked up his fourth foul and got close to fouling out, which he obviously he eventually did you could read Samson's lips, you know, as he's barking at the official, you know, he's telling him, he was like, dude, that's his fourth foul. There's a lot of time left in the game, you know? And so that's, that's always going to be the coach's argument, but um, Hey, you know, the fouls, they are what they are. You know, uh, you move on, you're in sweet 16, the Cougars, they're gritty. They didn't let, you know, a crowd that was, you know, clearly the majority against them. Um, you know, affect them. They're one of the best teams held. They're the best team. You can't argue with a perfect record on the road for the course of a regular season and in tournament play, they were the best road team in, in the entirety of college basketball this season. So they went out there and they did what they did. And that was a huge talking point for Kelvin Sampson going into this ball game. And I think just a little bit of a reminder to his guys that, Hey, you know, don't forget who we are. You know, we are, you know, the best road team in college basketball this circumstance doesn't change for us. I don't care if it's Auburn. I don't care if it's a UMBC, a 16 seed, a 15 seed, whatever the case may be. We got to go out and take care of business. I it was a huge talking point for Samson going into this one and the Cougars did what they do. You know, they, they, you know, rode the collective, they put it all together and they did what they needed to do and executed down the stretch.
1: Let me ask you this. I think that Tremont Mark and what he did today was a big deal going forward in this tournament to show this is what he can do. If you give him the ball and he gets a little bit of open space and he doesn't just try the three, he goes to the basket. Yeah. Do you think that that Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser getting into foul trouble could actually help the Cougars down the road because Mark got himself going in this game?
0: I mean, you, you never want them to get into foul trouble, but if they do, I mean, it just gives you kind of like another option. And if anything else, Robert, it, it kind of lets, um, you know, the rest of the tournament teams uh, that could potentially see the Cougars, somebody else to game plan for because Traymond Mark is clearly not scared and he clearly has game. He can create a shot off the dribble, you know, his ability to go left and, you know, quickly, you know, get the shot up with that quick release I mean, that's that's a very difficult shot to stop. And the fact, too, he's, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand his game as a facilitator as well. He can find guys open shots because he is so quick off the dribble. And with his catch and release, um, you know, it's going to be something else to look out for. But no doubt. I mean, if it becomes, you know, nut cutting time again in this next round or, you know, if they're able to make it to the Elite Eight, so on and so forth. Walker's not hitting his shots, or he can't find his shot. Shed's in foul trouble. Sasser's in foul trouble or banged up, whatever the case may be. Yeah, Mark is a legitimate option and somebody you have to worry about.
1: The other thing, you talked about Jerris Walker, and you look forward in this tournament. I think they're gonna need a game where as good as Jerris Walker was on defense in this game, they mean they may need him to take over offensively. And yeah. we're still waiting for that game where he does it in this postseason. I don't think we've seen it yet. In the conference tournament, we haven't seen it yet. In this tournament, they're going to need a game like that from him, and I hope he still got that in the bag because his shooting has been bad for about a month now, and that needs to tighten up a little bit. And you, you're going to need him at some point if you want to get to the final four.
0: No, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. And I really thought it was going to be Walker in the second half. You know that long three ball that he made uh, just on the left side of the. Uh, the top of the arc uh, that was a great release it was free you could tell that was a shot that he wanted that he was comfortable taking there was great separation there it was a deep shot you know it was probably 24 foot shot or something like that it looked good I thought that was going to kind of get him going because in his defense you know to boot um, what we've seen from this Cougar uh, team when the shots aren't falling, their best offense sometimes is their defense. They're able to get out and transition, create some open shots, move the ball quickly, and that's really kind of what helped them get back into this ball game. And yeah, I thought it was going to be Walker, um, but he did such a great job kind of just setting the tone defensively because Auburn continued to get looks inside the paint, which is where they made, where they buttered their bread in the first half and took advantage of the Cougars that, you know, he was going to be that enforcer. And I think it took a little bit of pressure off of the Cougars and said, okay, we can relax and let's focus a little bit more on offense. And that kind of allowed maybe uh, Tremont Mark to get going.
1: You look forward in this tournament and you mentioned it, a few minutes ago, the number one seeds are falling. Things are clearing out a little bit for the Cougars. If they can get it rolling, it was a slow first game for them. They looked a lot sluggish. The Sasser injury is something that you're going to have to watch out for every game. He yeah. was 60%, according to Kelvin Sampson, for this game. I don't think it gets better. I don't think four or five days no. of resting with the groin injury is, is enough. I mean, they need him to somehow gut it out and some other guys are going to have to continue to step up. It can't be all Sasser. And you just got to have your fingers crossed that they can gut it out for, you know, four more games in this tournament. Cause that's what it's going to take.
0: Yeah. I, look, if, if, you know, Sasser was 60% in this game at his best, then, you know, with these days off in between games, maybe the best going in is 75. I mean, a groin is not something that is going to just, Get better with a few days rest. This is something that's going to require weeks and weeks and rehab, and you don't have time for that right now. The guy's going to play hurt, just like he has, and you you can't be as calculated um, at this point in time, this deep into the tournament, as maybe you could be in a conference tournament or in, in in the regular season. So it's definitely going to be something that Kelvin Sampson has to try his best to manage. You know, I'm looking at uh, Arsenault. You know, Arsenal's a guy who's had to step up before. Um, with injuries in the backcourt as a guy that they have to rely upon. And he showed, you know, even the last couple of three games of the season that he can be a very capable scorer and a guy that they can trust. But, you know, can you trust him, you know, with this stage of the tournament? Well, you know what? You got to find out. You can't play scared. You can't coach scared. And that's something that Kelvin Sampson isn't afraid to do. I mean, he had Emmanuel Sharp, you know, another freshman, an eighteen-year-old, bringing the ball up tonight in a pivotal point in the game. And you know what? The first time he did it, it didn't look good. It was a turnover, and it was like, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be this is going to be the undoing of the Cougars this year. You know, it's because sheds in foul trouble, and Sasser's banged up, and Juwan's close to foul trouble. This is going to be it. And you know what? Sharp was able to put it together you know after that turnover they kind of calmed things down they got a great defensive stop and they just kept chipping away so you know you can trust guys like Sharp you can trust guys like Arsenault I mean Jacoby Francis got some time tonight and you know you might have to play him and trust his defense if in fact you know a Walker or a Roberts get into foul trouble this next round or two uh, you know hopefully knock on wood that Kooks can continue to advance but I mean, look, all of these guys have played meaningful minutes at various points this season. And I go back to what I'd said, Robert, um, you know, months ago after a Cougar close game, they ended up winning a ball game. I think it might have been. Um, I can't remember against, you know, some foe in the uh, AAC. You know, they won by a couple of points. And Samson said afterwards when asked, like, hey, what did you learn about this, uh, about your team after this game? And he said, we can play without our best fastball and we can play shorthanded. And that's a lesson that is invaluable for a team at any level, but certainly for one that has lost four starters in each of the past couple of three seasons.
1: A recurring issue in this season, in this tournament, uh, in the conference tournament, no matter what, what tournament, no matter what part of the season has been, the Cougars tend to get off more often than not slow starts. Yeah, This is an issue because when you get into the NCAA tournament, you're facing a lot of teams that are fighting for their life and they're the underdog against the Cougars. You know, we're going to get to the point where that's not the case as much, but definitely in the next round, you're facing Miami or Indiana as we speak. And that team's the underdog. And if you give them life and hope and you don't start off at some point, you're not going to come back because you know, your offense is just not good enough. If another team can still score on you somehow, with, the, with your defense being great, but at some point, the offense might not bail, bail you out. And that's what you're relying on at times is, like, we got to get our offense going and we got to get the defense shut down. I mean, that's a lot to ha- have happen, you know, over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, no, you make a really good point. Um, I'll just say, look, you know, the Cougars were beneficiaries of some poor Uh, free throw shooting tonight by Auburn. I mean, never mind. I don't know what they finished the ball game with in the second half, but I know I looked up at one point and they had a graphic up there. Auburn was two for 20 from the field in the second half and horrid from the free throw line as well. The Cougars were beneficiaries of that because when this turned into a free throw shooting contest for the better part of the last seven minutes of the game, um, if Auburn's able to make, you know, 60, 65, 70% of their free throws, I mean, this is a little bit closer of a ball game, and we know how these things turn out in this tournament. You know, Auburn, I think what, you know, the most pivotal part of the game, they had still three timeouts left. And it becomes, you know, every possession really becomes magnified at that point in time. If they get an open three and they get a little confidence, you never know what can happen. So those free throw shooting, the free throw shooting is a big deal, um, you know, the fouls going forward is a really big deal. I thought the Cougars had been a little bit careless, really, even at times to end the season defensively. But that is their aggressive nature, uh, nature. Um, sometimes, you know, you just it, it's the discipline. I think Kelvin Sampson told Jim Nance the other day, you know, it's about the details and the discipline at this point in the season. And I think that couldn't be more true. But it's on both ends of of the court, you know, offense and defense. I wanted to make one quick point. Because uh, I think I blew past uh, a really good point that you'd made a couple of questions ago when you'd said, hey, you know, the Cougs are advancing to the sweet 16 now and look at the seeds and number ones are falling off. And, you know, maybe there's some opportunity here for the Coug. Hey, at this point in time, you have to respect anybody and everybody that has made it this far. You know, I don't care if it's Princeton. I don't care if it's a a UMBC type of team, you know, a 16 knocks off a one. I mean, there's those teams that exist right now um, that are flying high and playing with more confidence than they ever have. I like the Cougs after this game, though. You're talking about a team that went to the break, trailing by 10 points, and in the matter of less than 15 game minutes in the second half, it was a complete 22-point turnaround. I mean, that's grit. That's execution. That is just being better and taking advantage of your opponent. Referees, coaching aside, I mean, those guys came out to ball, whether it be Mark, whether it be Walker, whether it be Sharp, whoever it was, you know, they all did their job in the second half to put the Cougs in that position. And if you were like me, you know, sitting on the edge of your seat, nobody's feeling good about a 10-point deficit at half because you've watched this team all year, and that doesn't happen. The Cougs led at halftime, I think, for 32 of their last 33 ball games this season. It doesn't happen. And never mind 10 points against a really good Auburn team. So what they did in the second half was tremendous tonight.
1: To your point about the free throw shooting, Auburn was 19 of 36. They missed 17 yeah. free throws. They shot 52%. And I said it off the top, it is worth saying again before we close things out, Sean, the Houston Cougars have made the sweet 16 and for the last five years. And I know the expectation out there is this team was the number one, most of the season. It's not good enough. And unless this team gets to the final four and you can have those expectations, but you got to take a deep breath just for a second and say, Hey, I don't care what school you are. If you can do this four out of the last five years, get to be one of the 16 teams in the country from a program that was basically not even on anybody's map several years ago. And you and I have had shows about this, but I mean, that's quite an accomplishment.
0: No question. No question. And Kelvin Sampson's talked about it all season long. You know, it's about the program and what's allowed them to uh, be this good for this long. It's an establishment. It's an institution at this point, And it's something that, um, you know, Kelvin Sampson, you you know, he's just incredibly proud of, but he doesn't boast about it, you know, in that way. It's just a product of his hard work and um, fighting, literally fighting um, for what the program that he wanted to install needed to get to this point. So, hey, you're here. You're more than capable. You're one of the very best uh, teams in the entire country. Um, you know, we talk about this in like the NFL, NBA, in baseball. Like, you know, it's a disappointment if you don't get this far. You know, it's a disappointment if you just don't play your absolute best in the course of a forty-minute ball game. You know, if it, I heard a lot of people just saying, you know, the other day after uh, the Northern Kentucky game, you know what? The Cougs just didn't come to play that night. And you know what, like, I don't believe that I don't buy that one second they didn't come to play like, you know, there's some really good teams out there that you've never heard of that have low seeds, but, you know, have dudes that believe in themselves and that are just as good a basketball players as other guys in some of the top programs in the country. And it's the collective. And you get a little bit of momentum at this point of time in the season. And if you're a coach that has the personnel that's able to take advantage of some mismatches, you know, like Kelvin Sampson does and does maybe better than, you know, 90% of the other coaches in the country, then you know what? Sometimes that's what you call a perfect storm and you're going to have a ball game on your hands. But um, I just think that's the disappointment. You know, if the Cougs lose on Sweet 16, yeah, we're going to be disappointed. Uh, because I've said it all season long for about the last three years, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a better team than this one uh, when you're talking about the program. They just keep getting better and better and better despite losing starter after starter after starter year after year.
1: Yeah, I, it's hard to ever question a Kelvin Sampson team's effort. And especially with all the injuries that they had in that first game, Yeah, that that played a big key role. Um, I, I would say my Missouri Tigers against Princeton today. I, I think I would have questioned the effort the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. That was, a, that was a different story. I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? We're, we're just walking through this because it wasn't as much as I respect Princeton and what they did in the first round. I was like, yeah, this team's not that good. You can tell usually when a team's, you know, they're not that good, but th- your team's just not there. Uh, Northern Kentucky was definitely, you know, man, they were hustling, they were fighting and the Cougars were yeah. banged up. And some balls just kind of weren't bouncing their way a lot, especially in the first half of that game.
0: And the, the opposition feels that. You know, they're the ones that can sense the pressure, right? I mean, you've got the target on your back. Northern Kentucky's, you know, Princeton's playing the house money, man. They're just happy to be there. You know, you could say that at least, have that mentality, you know, from the outside looking in. But they're, you know, if you're in it, you're really quick to turn it off. If you're a really good coach and you've got the players that have the right mindset, you turn that off real quick before tip off. And you say, Hey, this might be house money. We might just be happy to be here, but right now it's a 40 minute ball game and going in it's anybody's ball game. And so you start creating that belief in your guys at this point in the season. Again, man, anything can happen. It's special. It's March madness for a reason and momentum is real it's such a real thing in the course of a game and i thought northern kentucky really fed off of those injuries and it was like they were playing you know they were almost taking advantage of the feelings that we had watching the game if you're a cougar fan like ah it's cringe you know when you see sasser go down it's cringe you know when uh, you know, Jarris isn't hitting his shots. It's cringe when Shed gets into foul trouble, and the opposition senses that, and they take full advantage of it at the drop of a hat. And if you're the better team, you're going to be able to make the adjustments. And tonight, uh, admirably, man, the Cougs did that, and then some, did a phenomenal job of just not folding. I mean, they just got hunger and hunger. Did you happen to see uh, the shot of Shed on the uh, bench whenever um, he went out? with his fourth foul. Did you, did you read his lips? Did you see what he said? He was like, Hey man, we're the number bleeping one seed. You know, are you kidding me? Like, let's go. And I love that because that's the energy they they know who they are. They know what seed they have. They know what this would feel like. They know what this would look like. If in fact, you know, they lost to Northern Kentucky or lost to Auburn Um, and, and, and they know they're better than that. They've been talking about it all season long. This is what they've been preparing for.
1: So how badly do you think CBS would love to see Calvin Sampson against Miami in the next round? (laughs) I mean, not Miami, Indiana Indiana. in the next round.
0: Yeah. When does that game I'm looking at my schedule right now, that game tips off tomorrow. I guess I wonder if that's a a primetime game or not. Miami and Indiana. I mean, oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be it's going to be phenomenal. I hope it happens. That's a four or five matchup. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I haven't seen Miami play at all this year. I saw uh, Indiana a little bit the other day. They look pretty dang solid. Um, so, in, you know, if you're asking my opinion, um, my bracket, like everybody else's in the entire world. If you use the CBS version, is shot to absolute hell. Um, don't ask me who I picked, but I had Indiana up there, uh, probably going to the sweet 16. So I'm anticipating it.
1: Yeah, it, it could be a real fun, match. I just don't know if the fans are going to care. I mean, that, it's it's so long. it was a long time ago. Man.
0: Yeah, it's so long ago. Like it's really more for us, you know, in kind of like, to me, a, a story of, Maybe redemption is still the wrong word, but, you know, something along those lines, just, you know, what a great job Kelvin Sampson did here in Houston as an assistant with the Rockets. And then to take a program that, um, you know, U of H fans were, and really just basketball fans, Robert, like we're just starved. They wanted to see another team just succeed, you know, and do well. And it's always cool when a guy's able to come in and just build it up from nothing and to make it into a legitimate powerhouse. You know, not one, not two, not three, not four, not but five, five years in a row now for the Cougars and the job that Samson done. It's a really, really cool story, but it means way more to us than anybody else in the country.
1: If they do play Indiana, you will have the head coach, Mike Woodson, going up against Calvin Sampson. Mike Woodson, a former Rockets player. Kelvin Sampson, a former Rockets assistant coach. So a little Rockets flavor, if that does happen. I do want to remind everybody before we leave that we just did a show a couple of days ago talking about all of the Texans free agent signings. If you're new to us or if you haven't checked it out, it's on our YouTube channel. It's on the podcast uh, feed as well. So go check it out. Check out our podcast feed. If you're on the go, you want to listen to it. And we've got a former Texan that's going to be on the show this coming week in a couple of days. So we're looking forward to have him on. He is somebody that has played with D'Amico Ryans. So I will ask him about that, of course, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel. If for some strange reason that you have not done that. So yet yeah, we are so close. We are just like two or three of you away from hitting the 1000 subscriber mark. We would love to get there. Uh, Sean, Sean, It was awesome. I mean, the Cougars pulled it out. They looked great in the second half. Uh, You got Tremont Mark that finally showed up for the first time in March, I would say, and maybe for the first time in a pretty good while. 81-64 to to the final last closing words before we close this one out.
0: Grit, 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 grit. That's a Kelvin Sampson team, man. But you got to have the players to kind of accentuate that. And you might be surprised by Tremont Mark. You might be surprised by Jacoby Francis at some point. You might be surprised uh, by Arsenal. I'm telling you, all these guys see time on the floor because it's meaningful uh, for Kelvin Sampson. It's meaningful for those guys, but it's deserved at the end of the day. And I, I trust the rotations. I trust anybody he puts out there on the floor in meaningful game minutes to get the job done. And I'm just excited for the next round, whoever it may be. If it's Miami, if it's Indiana, uh, it's going to be a great game. And you got to relish, you know, these next four days. Take advantage of it. If you're Marcus Sasser, if you're Jamal Shed, if you're anybody else on that team that's banged up, I mean, you get in there now. Now it's time for the hard work. You got to do the, the the best rehab and recoveries you possibly can to get out there and try and continue to make some history and come home to H Town for the Final Four, baby.
1: Pray for Victor. Pray for Sasser's groin. Pray for all of it. Whose house, Sean, is it? Whose house? (laughs)
0: Cook's house, baby. Cook's house. Let's go.
1: You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.